Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, it's Pat Boyle. And today on the best of the DA show, how about Aaron Rodgers snapping back at Sean Payton? Who's right and who's wrong in this feud? Plus your best audio of the day and sound check, including Jamal Williams. He's finally had a beignet or as he calls him a beignetti. His thoughts on the New Orleans rich food. Plus, Peter Schwartz with an all-time Schwartz moment. Also, a special edition of Momentous Monday. Andrew Bogish is stunned to a news advance analytics and your epic fails. The best of the DA show. Uh, yeah, it's now. We start with Aaron Rodgers. I was off the air, obviously, last week when Sean Payton made his comments to USA Today, absolutely crushing Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos organization last year. And now, Nathaniel Hackett has moved on to the Jets after he was fired in Denver. Sean Payton took over in Denver for Hackett, and Hackett is now running the offense for Aaron Rodgers in New York. Really, I should remember that there's an embargo with a lot of those teams and that station still, so we'll just call them the green team or something like that. It's Big Blue. The pinstripes and the team in Queens and for the Jets, the green, the gang green, or gang something green. green. Yeah. So anyway, Roger spoke to NFL Network about Peyton's comments. Now, if you didn't see this, Sean Peyton told USA Today in no uncertain terms that Nathaniel Hackett's an absolute clown. He just crushed Hackett and crushed the organization and basically was trying to defend his quarterback, Russell Wilson. And I think the comment that stood out was that he called Hackett's job last year perhaps the worst coaching job in NFL history. There's been a lot of bad coaching jobs. That's, But, I mean, we saw last year the reality which was the team was so poorly coached that they couldn't even get plays in correctly. That's the most basic of the fun- fundamentals of what you need to do, and they couldn't even do that right. And so Russell Wilson had his own staff, had his own coaches. There was friction about probably how much leash he got, the general manager, ownership, ownership in the middle of a sale, were they trying to placate their superstar? Was the coach in over his head? Was it all just a complete disgrace from every level? You know, it was Pey- It was Sean Payton who kind of brought to light and verbalized what we all were seeing. But this is a coach talking about another coach. And that, of course, makes waves. And so Aaron Rodgers sits down with NFL Network, certainly has some things on his mind. And blasts away. And so, did Rodgers do the right thing defending his boy, his guy, his coach, and Nate Hackett? It is where we begin. You're cold open. I love Nathaniel Hackett. And those comments were very surprising. Um, to For a coach to do that to another coach. My love for Hackett goes deep. You know, we had uh, some great years together in Green Bay. Kept in touch. Um, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, 
you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, uh, how he cares about the guys, uh, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure that they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year. thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. All right, so let's pick this apart from both standpoints. From a Sean Payton standpoint, I think that Sean Payton, what he spoke of, the dysfunction last year, the poor coaching, poor general manager assembly of a staff, of a roster, perhaps, of allowing Russell Wilson to have his own team of everything, workouts, trainings, quarterback coach, chef, his own office, etc. Everything was exacerbated because it was weak leadership and the team was losing. And I think that Russ is oftentimes hard to relate to because he comes off as very inauthentic. He's a talented guy, but as we all know, he's Mr. 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 Unlimited Diary Poop. So it doesn't surprise me that Sean Payton would walk in, talk to people that were there, and they would go, this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong, this was wrong. And he would go, oh, my God, it was really bad, huh? And then he would usually internalize that. That's what coaches do, take it over situations. They hear about how bad it was when they weren't there. They're obviously propped up on a platform to say, okay, I feel good because it was bad before me, and now I'm here to fix it. That's why they hired me. But everybody internalizes it because you're not supposed to obviously drag the people that you're replacing. And Peyton did that, and there's, I think, two reasons. Number one, Sean Peyton did that because Sean Payton does have a bit of a no filter sometimes. He blamed it on the Fox thing. I had my Fox hat on. I was being an analyst. I was being a broadcaster. I need to not do that. Okay, that's kind of part of it. But Sean Payton has always, I think, kind of spoke his mind. It's what makes him a very popular subject on the talk show circuit. He does a lot of talk shows. Let's face it, he's done our show. Radio Row is always around. He hops on this, that, the other thing. You know, he does a lot of media appearances. I think he likes to talk. I think people like him. And he likes to spout off every so often. So it's it's a little par for the course for Sean Payton. But the second part is what Aaron Rodgers is saying there. And I give Rodgers credit for vocalizing this. I think Sean Payton looks at a broken situation in Denver with a broken quarterback at Russell Wilson and is laying the foundation for how bad it was. Oh, my God. In case it is a 6-11, in case it is a 7-10, and and people go, well, what are you getting paid $18 million a year for if you're going 7-10? and And he gets to go, oh, you have no idea how broken it was around here. Oh, I mean, they just ruined everything. It does give Peyton a bit of a buffer. It does. Let's face it. I think mostly what happened was Sean Payton was speaking without a filter, heard about all the crap that happened, and just talked. Was comfortable and just talked. And then the second part is he was defending his quarterback, who he knows he needs to protect and take the pressure off of Because Russell Wilson was the guy that caught the most crap last year. And if it goes bad this year, he'll catch more. And Peyton realizes he's first got to fix Russell Wilson. So how do you do that? You remove all the blame from Russell Wilson and blame the people that aren't there anymore. Fine. But there is a part of this where Sean Peyton won a Super Bowl. 
He's always been lauded as one of the best quarter, uh, one of the best quarterback coaches, offensive minds, and head coaches of the NFL. And if he doesn't fix Russ, and the offense still sucks, and the team doesn't win, he does plant the seed here of uh, there was a lot of fixing to be done. You had no idea. Kind of gets him off the hook as well. For Aaron Rodgers, I think well-documented. I'm not a huge Rodgers guy. Well-documented, I think, that the Jets are living on the edge. Living on the edge of doing business with Rodgers and trusting him and trusting that he is trustworthy and trusting that he has their back and trusting that he's not just in it for himself and trusting that he's going to be a good guy. However, I will say... Rodgers, in this instance, I think really hit a home run. Because what he did was, he's the guy that can say, leave my coach's name out of your mouth. Rodgers has enough success to where he can call out a Sean Payton. Rodgers has enough of a resume going to the Hall of Fame, four MVPs, etc., where he can actually stand up to a quote-unquote bully. And his words carry weight. And I think for for Rodgers, he's protecting the coach that's in those walls from criticism that's going to rain down on him, speculation that he's a bozo, and maybe some questioning inside the locker room as well. Rodgers wants to go to bat for his guy to protect him from the outside and on the inside questions. So I think he did the right thing, and he's the one guy. Like, Robert Sala can't really fire back because Robert Sala didn't have the reputation or the resume that Sean Payton does. By and large, I thought Aaron Rodgers, it's a good job. Good job. All right, 855-212-4CBS, the phone number. On Twitter, DA on CBS. I know there might be some of you awaiting word, the puff of smoke, about who the next executive producer is. We do not have that answer yet. We are really going to squeeze this storyline for all that it's worth. We're thinking about making a final decision sometime around Thanksgiving 2024. And we're just going to try to build as, as much drama about this as possible. Now, we should probably have an answer by the time... The end of the month wraps up. I would say we're probably a couple weeks away, though. It might not take it might not take that long. It might not take that long. I don't know. I have to tell you. I was on vacation last week. Everybody here is very respectful of that. So the bosses didn't call me. Me and Pete the Body had a few text conversations, but nothing big, nothing deep. As I've said before, in terms of who gets this executive producer job, I'm basically Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference. I'm a one seed. I get pushed into basically the semifinals. There's a lot of early interviews happening. There's a lot of sifting through the resumes. The extent of my involvement right now is hearing Dan and Mechanicsburg chuckle. That's the extent of my involvement at this point in time. <laughs> so from what I've gathered there's been really talented people interview I think there's some that have made a really good good case and, and a good mark left a good mark on, on management <laughs> I don't know those names I have no idea what went down now that I'm back in the office I'll probably get some information I would imagine me and Pete the body will connect today after the show and discuss there is no, we're not even close to a decision. Not, not even close. So Pat Boyle is in all this week, correct? Oh, that's correct. So Tom Doyle in all of this week. As much as we love Tom, and obviously he's a, is a wonderful contender for the spot, just because he's here doesn't mean he is the new executive producer. So for those of you that are on Twitch, on the YouTube chat, on any of the chats or text other D-Aliens or whatever. I'm not going to keep saying this all week, but just let everybody know if they're wondering. We love Pat. He's obviously a, a, a huge contender for this. But just because he's in this week doesn't mean he's necessarily the new ex- executive producer. We're still, we're still digging through all the resumes and interviews. And the one thing that you can be certain of 
is that Pete the Body is 100% involved and committed to every damn interview he's going to do. I know this. Pete, you are relentless in trying to get the information, trying to dig up the best candidate and trying to, to make sure you're inside their mind. I don't know how many interviews you've already done, how many you've still got lined up, but I know that you are your full body, the body, into this. Oh, yes, for sure. Uh, and I think we've done about 30. 30 interviews? Mm-hmm. 30 interviews? Or close to it. Just and, there's, and there's still more to go. Uh, we have a few this week. So this is, we're leaving no rock unturned here. If you've ever produced a radio show in America, you, you, you've been considered for this job. <laughs> Even if you haven't produced a radio show in America, yeah, uh, yes. we are considering you for the job. <laughs> I mean, we are, we've got bird scouts. Is that what they call them in baseball? Bird, bird dogs? Bird scouts? The people that, that fly out to faraway countries and are looking, beating the bushes, trying to find any talent under any rock. That's what we got. I think those are bird dogs. I think you're right. I didn't even know that that was a term. I thought those were just, uh, what, the shorts or the shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That's now a, a, an apparel company. Correct. Shoes. But, yes, I just thought bird dog scout. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've sent bird dogs. Like It's like the air up there with... Uh, <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Kevin Bacon, right? Kevin Bacon went out to Africa to find basically the next Hakeem Olajuwon or the story of Hakeem Olajuwon. We are doing anything to find the next executive producer of the DA show. The process. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, so for those that might not know the Mo Gabba story, Mo was born and immediately started having health issues. He was born in Baltimore, and by nine months old, he'd already lost his eyesight due to cancer of the retina. Unfortunately, throughout his young life, cancer just kept coming back in different forms in different areas of his body. But he just kept fighting. He just kept this amazing spirit, attitude, positivity, and through it all, called sports talk radio shows. He would call his local shows on 105.7 in Baltimore often. And at the time when he was younger and, and a few years ago, we were on at nights in Baltimore. And so he would call our radio show. He would listen and call and he loved connecting to the mothership and he loved all the zany antics that we did. And he was just one of the sweetest, most amazing people ever. But we had no idea about his health issues because he didn't lead with them. We had to piece it together. Wait, is that the Mo from Baltimore that does all these cool things for the Orioles and the Ravens and children's hospitals and Johns Hopkins? And once we realized that, it was this unbelievable 
wow moment of the hero of Baltimore, this young man who inspires so many, is the Mo that has called our show for years. So through that, he became even more of an icon to me and a role model for everybody on this show. And truly, to me, he's one of my heroes because no matter his age or the extent of the cancer that he had and the treatments that he went through, he just was relentlessly optimistic and relentlessly happy. And he taught me a lot about allowing, making sure that you dictate your attitude instead of your circumstances. Unfortunately, we lost him to his battle three years ago. But on July the 28th in Baltimore, they celebrate Mo Gabba Day. And Mo meant so much to that entire city that they named a street after him outside of the Raven Stadium. Mo, M-O, in Baltimore is highlighted in the Ravens' end zone. And little Mo was inducted into the Orioles' Hall of Fame. I mean, that's how extraordinary his... his impact was and so I had a chance to meet him they threw him multiple graduation parades when he graduated 8th grade to move into high school he unfortunately never made high school because he passed away shortly after but that was the type of impact this young man had and so on Friday was Mo Gabba Day now last year I had a chance to go down to Baltimore for Mo Gabba Day at Camden Yards and They won in incredibly dramatic fashion as Trey Mancini, a cancer survivor himself, who befriended Mo and his mom and his family throughout the first pitch to his mom and then scored on a ridiculous play at the end of the game right in front of the section that we were all sitting in from Ogabade. And you're just shaking your head going, my goodness, Mo did it again. Well, on Friday, it was Mo Gabba Day, and the Yankees were in town. And this game had it all. Yankees, Orioles for Baltimore, you know, the big bad Yankees coming into town. But the Orioles have caught fire. They're one of the best teams in baseball. They lead the division. So the enthusiasm around the O's right now is next level. Yankees came to town, and this was Aaron Judge's return So a lot of Yankee fans in attendance. Camden Yards felt like a playoff atmosphere. And the rains came. And there was a two and a half hour rain delay. Doesn't dampen anybody's spirits. Mo Gabaday just had to take a little longer. Mo liked an extra two and a half hours in there to celebrate. His mom is in attendance once again. The whole family, there's there's a Mo in her sanctum that gets together for events and raises money in his name and helps out the family for, you know, things that they need help on. And they're an extraordinary bunch down there that do this. So they're all in attendance, two and a half hour rain delay, and then it's scoreless. First, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth inning, scoreless. Yankees and Orioles scoreless deep into the night. Okay. There's great defensive plays being made. And what's going to cut? What's going to break the scoreless tie? Well, we end up going into the ninth inning. The Orioles' bottom nine. It's scoreless. And here's how the game ended. Santander hits it deep. Right field. Stan doesn't move. This baby is out of here. And this game is over. Anthony Santander drives it over the wall. And it's walk-off number five of the year for the Orioles. Santander, your Friday night hero. Orioles radio on the call. So now think about this. Smoke Abaddon. Two and a half hour rain delay. Scoreless against the Yankees. And Judge's return. The Orioles win on a walk-off home run. I mean, you just... You can't even believe it. But you can. And I just was like, of course. Of course that's how that game ends. Of course that's how Mo Gabba Day ends. I texted my friends down there, Jeremy Kahn and... 
Dean Tejada and a bunch of the guys that I know down there that are real tight with the family and put on a lot of Mo events and helped out Mo when he was sick and helped out the family, etc. I just said, man, I wish I could be down there. Can't wait to get down there at some point. Unfortunately, this year wasn't going to happen because of AJ. Still hard to get out of the house and especially make a road trip like that. And AJ's only nine weeks old now, so... Had to stay close to home. They understood, obviously, but they said, we're just having the best time. It was just the best day. And I just, I came home and I saw the end of that game and I just laughed. I just laughed and said, it it had to be this way. It had to be this way. Also, the O's take two of three from the Yankees over the weekend which means the Orioles have won the season series. That means they've won the season series for the first time over the Pinstripers since 2016. Seven years. Coincidentally, the last time they were not really terrible. So it's a good year down in Orioles land. It's a good year down in Camden Yards. And uh, I said to my guys down there, who knows? Maybe there's... A little Mo DA show tailgate at an Orioles playoff game. Maybe, maybe we get the band together for an O's playoff game and uh, we do it on Mo Gab away. We throw open the tailgate and we invite everybody over to celebrate Mo and have a good time and have some beers and have some food. And But I just said, forget it. Mo is just always with us. He just always is still laughing and cackling and giggling and all the things that made him special. And the most important thing is you get to dictate how you feel every day. It doesn't mean you have to always be happy. You don't have to fake it. But Mo just said, you get to make a choice. And that's a young man that went through the hardest of the hard. And he made a choice every day to try to affect people around him positively. So I said, well, least I can do. Least I can do. All right, that is Momentous Monday, appropriately named. And of course, that's why we named Momentous Monday after Little Mo. Sound check begins with New Orleans Saint Jamal Williams. Now, Jamal Williams has been one of the best quotes in football for a few seasons now. He's recently signed with the Saints, and so he's only getting his first taste of New Orleans cuisine. And he's asked about the delicious pastries, flaky, golden beignets. And so here's Jamal Williams weighing in on New Orleans beignets. Can I get those beignets? Yeah, I'm not impressed. It's just a funnel cake. It's just a funnel cake. So, yeah, the beignets is just a funnel cake. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not from, I just got here. I respect y'all and your beignets and all that. But in California, we just call them funnel cakes. So, well, that's just where we know them at. I tasted it. it. Tastes just like a funnel cake. So, that's all. But it's good, though, if you like funnel cakes. I have to say, Jamal Williams is amazing. He's just absolutely amazing. With it, this was on this show when we played the an, his introductory press conference back in, what, March or April, and he was talking about him. And that's where he was calling them beignetis and beignetis, and they were like, they're called beignets. In that, he calls them beignetti, which is like a Jason Benetti combined with a flour pastry. It's just a funnel cake. <laughs> so, yeah, beignetis is just a funnel cake. Bignatis, <laughs> like it's a deep dish pizza place in Chicago. Like he's the keeper for the Italian World Cup team. Great <laughs> save by Bignati. <laughs> but number two, it takes stones to sit in front of a New Orleans media corps, obviously a very vicious one, and call out one of their favorite foods and say it's basically a funnel cake, everybody. And I have to tell you, Jamal Williams is right. Beignets are better because it's probably a higher quality dough, probably made by a higher quality chef. But at the end of the day, what are the two things? They are some type of dough deep fried with powdered sugar on top. It's kind of the same exact thing. One's served in French cafes. One is served at state fairs. Yeah, But they're kind of the same. Kind of the same. They're cousins. They're definitely different. One's the rich cousin. Like, one's Margot Robbie, and the other is like a regular pretty woman. 
funnel cake is very good. Okay, you think beignets are Margot Robbie? Well, in comparison to the funnel cake, yes. I've had some good funnel cakes. Not saying funnel cake is bad. I'm just saying for my personal taste, I prefer by a pretty good margin the density of a beignet. Because they are more pillowy, right? Correct. It's kind of like it's like a accent pillow. Right. It's and a funnel cake is can be done one of two ways. The one that I like is when you go to the state fair and it's kind of like dough poured in yes. a um it's kind like of like a snowflake a, shape almost. Yeah, and then they fry that and then you can pick it off from yeah. the little branches of it. Right. It's got some stickiness to it. Mm-hmm. It's got some crispness, which is what makes it different to me. A beignet yeah. is like a big, delicious donut. It's closer to a donut than... Mm, interesting. But like a Zeppeli is also a beignet, which you get at a... At, so like that... Well, a Zeppeli is more of a fun... Well, yeah, Zeppeli is kind of like a beignet. It's a, it's, yeah. yeah, they're all... They are similar, but they're different, and I think they require... Not require, but they you can have a, a different... You can be in the mood for each one of them individually. They're not the same thing. We're like, oh, I want a beignet. And someone goes, here's a funnel cake. I'm like, that's not really what I want right now. Oh, that's interesting. So here's the only thing that I would quibble with with Jamal Willing. I respect that he doesn't even respect it enough to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I also, just got here. I respect all your beignetis and all that, but... <laughs> I respect also that he's willing to stand up in front of a brand new media core and fan base and be like, your food's not as good as you think it is. That's a bold move that I respect. But I will say, the idea that you would go just to somewhere in California to eat something that in New Orleans, it's like one of the great eating cities of all time with some of the great chefs and everything's great. That's where he you, you lose me because... You go to California, of course there's great food, but New Orleans is like an eating capital. So what they do is traditionally better than your random whatever you can get in California. Right, and that Cafe Du Monde, like the place, I don't know if they are if they were like originated their beignets or that just they became the number one maker of them. That place is a tough call because it's filled with powdered sugar. It's everywhere. Like you sit in it, you like walk through it, but you have to wait sometimes like in 90 minutes to get in there. <laughs> to eat beignets and get covered in powdered sugar and, and drink delicious coffee. So that's a tough sell sometimes too, but it's kind of worth it because, again, you're caked in powdered sugar having delicious beignets. It's a win-win. You know what? It strikes me that we as Americans don't do enough with the beignets, funnel cake stuff for breakfast. Donuts can oftentimes be too heavy. There's too much going on. I know you love donuts. Yeah. But when you get a donut and it's got bacon on it or it's got purple icing on it and sprinkles, it's like it's a lot. And a Krispy Kreme is delicious, but it can be really heavy where a beignet is a light pillowy option. And a funnel cake or a Zeppeli, Zeppelis are maybe a little heavier, but yeah. they, they, they're a little bit lighter, generally speaking, than a donut. Maybe we should start selling more beignets and Zeppelis for breakfast. I mean, imagine the streetcar here in Manhattan selling fresh beignets. Good beignets. You'd have a line for that bad boy. Mm-hmm. That guy doesn't even sell fresh bagels. Now you want him to sell fresh no, Louisiana, I, New Orleans pastries? I don't, I don't want that guy to do it. I want an actual, like, disgruntled chef who can't find a job. Who goes, you know what I'm going to do now? I don't want to work in a yeah. restaurant anymore. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a, a beignet stand. And a I bear. Want, the bear yeah, from New York the bear. City. Right. And I want him in a Mardi Gras costume. You know what? And I, I got a problem also with that bagel guy. You're talking about the, the cart that's yeah, outside. Right outside. We're in New York freaking city and he's buying generic bagels to resell. I had one of them. I said, this is crap. There I'm not go. buying a bagel here. What's going on there? The lender's bagel here is six bucks. <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. He's mailing it in. He's mailing it in. I think his vendor's mailing it in. I think that guy just shows up and the cart's full and he hitches to his car and he drives here. I don't know that he's picking which actual <laughs> produce he's selling in the morning. So he's so we're shooting the messenger here. Yes, I believe so. If you have a beignet guy dressed up like he's uh, with a saxophone ready for Mardi Gras, <laughs> drawing out gold be- <laughs> drawing out gold beads and green beads. <laughs> That's great. That's it. If this show ever goes down in flames, we are opening up a beignet stand, and we are going to dress as a French chef playing a saxophone, <laughs> throwing beads. During Mardi Trumpets, Rock. everything. <laughs> Got the drums, the whole thing, the whole bur- parade, everything. And we can get Jamal Williams to 
be give our us spokesman. a boatload of cash. Be the Grand Marshal. Mm-hmm. Here is Jerry Jones, this audio courtesy of ESPN. Why not pay six-time All-Pro offensive lineman Zach Martin? Because all quarterbacks in general in the league are why it's hard to pay the man. <laughs> They're getting all the money. And so having said that, uh, uh, we're excited about Zach. I don't have a concern. I understand uh, his concern. Uh, we all want more money and should. We've uh, had our talks, and uh, uh, I think we'll just uh, uh, – uh, be uh, uh, playing it uh, day by day and see how it goes. Uh, we've got a lot of guys. We've got a guy named Parsons out here that uh, is going to need a little money when the time comes. I mean, imagine negotiating against yourself in this way if you're Jerry Jones. Hey, we got a guy that I don't have to pay very much money to right now, but he's going to want money. I'm going to have to pay that guy money. Like, you don't have to say that. You don't have to give Micah Parsons increased value before. For the contract negotiation. Hey, there's a guy out here we're going to have to pay. He's going to want some money. I'm going to have to give him that money. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I mean, why protect Dak Prescott with better offensive line? I mean, what what need is that? And I now know what we need of the new producer. Somebody who just laughs at every one of my jokes. That's it. I want who's ever doing that to Jerry Jones. For the rest of my life, I just want to hire somebody who follows me around and just laughs at everything I say. Jerry doesn't even say funny things. Because all quarterbacks in general in the league are why it's hard to pay the man. They're getting all the money. Somebody's always laughing. (laughs) Is that Stephen Jones just trying to get the job, get the team the moment that Jerry quotes? It It sounds like the laughs are very similar. And let me tell you this. If that's now become the priority to hire the new producer, a really good laugh. Again, Dana Mechanicsburg is situated very, very well. Mm-hmm. He's got the job. He's got the job, and I can't quibble with it. <laughs> By the way, Zach Martin, eight-time All-Pro. Oh, the it. only year he wasn't an All-Pro, the year he missed six games because of injury. Mm. Well, why would you pay that guy? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Michael Parsons, they're going to need a little bit of money in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's kind of what I want. In a new producer. You can have your laugh. I want an older Southern guy. I want oh. an accent in that chair. You want Dixieland Dan's dad. We need some diversification <laughs> around here, right? We're all basically New Yorkers. Probably all sound the same. Let's represent other parts of the country yeah, I like that in idea. this open spot. Yep. So maybe you can laugh in a Southern accent and everybody knows. <laughs> See, that's that's a unique laugh. That's not a New York laugh. <laughs> that We need that. We need Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones or whoever their lappy is. Yeah. <laughs> You could tell that's a Southern laugh, too, which... It's true. We need, like, a Wilfred Brimley around here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Diabetes. <laughs> is Wilfred available? What is I, it? Is he, he with us He's still? Dead. He is? Dang it. I, I think so. I think so. Oh. <laughs> because everyone... I know I've been guilty of this before. Saying a guy's dead when he's not. Bob Barker's still alive. <laughs> Saying a guy's alive when he's dead. <laughs> We've also, I think, uh, indirectly killed a person or two on this network. Mentioned yep. if they, their name. Are they still alive? Yes. And then they weren't by Wednesday. Uh, yeah, Abe uh, yeah. Vigoda and Gene Wilder. Yeah. That happened to How about that? Abe Vigoda and Gene Wilder were mentioned on the air questioning, are they dead or not? The answer was yes. Within 48 hours, the answer was no. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what happened. And we did lose Wilfred back in August of 2020. Yes, we did. Yes. Oh, COVID year. Uh, yeah. So wow. Wilfred is dead. Yes. All right. So we don't need Wilfred Brimley's laugh, but, you know, you get what I'm saying. We need a producer, you're right, that has a huge handlebar mustache, comes from the South, is mainly like a Yosemite Sam type character. And last, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I like your style, DA, but I've got a problem with your Jonathan Taylor take. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Keenan Tuxedo, this guy in a cowboy hat and a bolo tie. Now we're talking. Yeah, now we're talking. Bring some Whataburger around. That'd be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, you guys eat steer around here? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I eat my beans out of the can over the fire. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Finally, I thought we were embargoing this radio station, but I've been told on the other side of the glass we're going to allow it this time. 
because this clip comes to us from that radio station down the hall that broadcasts in, you know, that city. <laughs> and Peter Schwartz was hosting. Apparently, Schwartzo had a very Schwartzo moment, and we've lifted the embargo. This was not my call. I don't want to be called a hypocrite here. I've been told by the powers that be, Pete the Body and Tom Doyle, we've lifted the embargo for this clip. Let's get the Yankee Taylor Swift bobblehead, though. But I, I don't like these. I don't like these 18, first 18,000 people. If you're going to give, I have a giveaway. And I know I'm a little bit late for the update here, but just want to finish the point. When you give away these high-demand bobbleheads and the other gifts, why are you only giving out 18,000 of them? You have 40-something thousand people in the building. You know you're going to get 40,000. So get the sponsors to ante up and give bobbleheads to everybody. Too many angry people getting there late because of traffic and they can't get a bobblehead. I'd be angry. I'd always make sure if I'm going to a game with a giveaway, we get there early. Anyway, I am extremely late here, and I hate it when I'm anchoring and hosts get to the update late. I don't like it, so I apologize to Jack Stern. But at 5.03, here's your latest update with Jack Stern. That clip had it <laughs> That clip has everything you could ever want in a clip. So, of course, we had to lift the embargo. Good, good call by you guys. We had to do it. Number one is takes not bad. If you have a sponsor and they're paying for 18,000 bobbleheads, pay for 36,000 bobbleheads to make twice the number of people happy. I like that take. The problem is this is a real shoot the messenger moment. Like he just, it can't be Schwartz with that take of make more bobbleheads because number one, grown man, grown kids, you just got to get over the bobblehead at some point. Yes, the kids want it. That's fine. Yes, you want the kids to be happy. That's fine. At some point, you've got to reach a point in your life to where the bobblehead just is not that important. You, you go, you do not go for the promotional item. You go for the game. You go for the kids to get the item. I mean, Bradley's in college now. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, I got an idea. The Schwartz family, they don't need four bobbleheads. I've gone to games where they're giving things out that people want, and we don't take four of them because I don't need one. My wife doesn't need one. Don't be greedy. Don't take four. Walk through, take one or two, and leave somebody for, for somebody else coming. And it... Right. It leads to the next point of how many bobbleheads and how much free bleep does Schwartz need? Love them, but what's too much? I mean, if he has 250 bobbleheads, does he need 251? If he has 1,000 free baseballs, does he need 1,001? If he has 17 sneakers, one size fits all from G League players, does he need an 18th? If he has $2,000 worth of alehouse gift cards, does he need 2020 Yes. Well, I mean, at what point do you just punt on collecting garbage? It is just garbage. And I apologize to the adults out there listening that love their bobbleheads and love their toys and love their ticket stubs and love their that I look they, yes some I, I like ticket stubs but you just have to at some point punt on collecting crap free crap and the ballpark free crap is the worst of the free crap because it's the crappiest crap because it's free you want to go collect Funko dolls or Wolverine figurines or whatever so be it. But, you know, the free crap at ballparks is just crap because it's free. The towels and the T-shirts, the bobbleheads, and the keychains. With a Nathan's logo on them. It just is all crap. And I got some of that, and I wear it around the house. And, yeah, I'll do some yard work in the free Jerris Familia T-shirt that I got from six years ago. <laughs> I got the... But just at some point, you just—it doesn't matter. Stop! It's just garbage. You just collect. And, and Schwartz is the biggest violator. How much garb? How old is he? He got to be sixty years old, right? At what point is it just garbage you don't want anymore? He was—he was begging for a Joe Klecko jersey this past week around here, and the original Jets, uh, well, gang green hat. 
Well, you also missed his trash was that the new Jets white throwbacks are not available in 4XL. What am I supposed to do? And that's a Jets problem. Right. That's the beauty of gluttony, though, DA. The the limit does not exist. Yeah, there is no limit. But how about my favorite part of this clip is the end, where we get a reversal of the roles, right? (laughs) Well, kind of a reversal of the roles. And we had that clip where Stern is... Opens his mic and gets on Schwartz for being late to the update. And now Schwartz is hosting down the hall. Stern waiting in the wings. Probably just staring at him. <laughs> Those big stern eyes. And Schwartz, clearly a shot at me, you, Bogues, whoever else is hosting and getting to his updates late like I'm doing to you right now. But Schwartz pushed over the edge because he needs to get the Taylor Swift bobblehead taken. That has enraged him so much he has to take the extra six minutes to do it. <laughs> And because Taylor Swift made Anthony Rizzo hit, hit for one day, she gets a bobblehead too? That's the origin story of that take? It's just crap. It's just all crap. Once we realize it's just crap, it becomes a lot easier. AB has headlines. As we've been discussing all morning, the Jonathan Taylor Colts kerfuffles only getting spicier on top of Jim Mersey's silly comments and Taylor's trade requests. We now have the team reportedly considering the non-football injury list for Taylor, which would mean no salary for Taylor. He, though, is disputing the idea that he has a back issue on top of his recovery from ankle surgery. In Minnesota, meanwhile, all's good for now between the Vikings and Daniil Hunter, the team in the defensive end, said to be an agreement on a new one-year deal that guarantees Hunter $17 million, another $3 million available through incentives. Hunter had been at training camp but not participating The team had been listening to trade offers. Sunday Night Baseball back in Baltimore for the first time in five years, and it was over quick. Here's the pitch. Hit well. Right field. Not coming back. Long way gone. Adam Frazier way out of here. That might have made it onto Utah Street in right field. And a three-run homer and a six-run first inning for the Orioles. Can we get some glass for these men and women? I mean, I didn't know that that was such a dangerous job, but getting pelted by balls left and right at baseball games. Every play-by-play guy is getting hit by a baseball. Come on. I mean, we put netting up for the fans, throw a net in front of the press box. Let's fix this. No. Those six runs scoring before there was an out last night. Seven runs total in the first, a 9-3 win over the Yankees to claim that three-game set. The O's maintain their game-and-a-half lead on the Rays in the AL East since Tampa won in Houston in the afternoon, 8-2. The Cardinals snapped the Cubs' eight-game win streak, 3-0, while sending closer Jordan Hicks to the Blue Jays, then starter Jordan Montgomery and reliever Chris Stratton to the Rangers. Texas making that move on the heels of adding Max Scherzer and, after putting their ace, Nathan Ivaldi on the IL with a sore right forearm. So that Australian goal that we called live on the air two yeah. hours ago, that was eventually disallowed, so the Aussies... <laughs> Fox has also called us to cease and desist. Yeah, that too. Uh, the Aussies did score a moment after that, and then twice more in the second half for a 4 nothing route of Canada to win Group B at the Women's World Cup. Nigeria also reaching the knockout stage through its scoreless draw with Ireland. Japan rolled Spain 4-zip to win Group C, and the U.S. finishes group play 3 a.m. Eastern against Portugal. And the Las Vegas Aces on a seven-game win streak, 104-91 over the Dallas Wings. The last team to beat them, Asia Wilson, 22 points and six blocks. must be so upset they got a crucial U.S. game at 3 a.m., which would be a little bit easier on the West Coast. It'll be midnight. It's still a midnight start. But it's brutal, and those are the matches that you pay for Women's World Cup rights. Yeah especially when it matters and the U.S. needs to win tonight to advance, and they got that in the middle of the night. It's been um, it's been hard to pay attention. And, like, I want to, but all these games being overnight or super early in the morning, it's a tough... This is probably the worst time change for us here is the Aussie-New Zealand... Like, it's like 16, 16 hours, hours, right? Like Melbourne that, is 16 hours. Yeah, that, that's tough for us to deal with. And they usually do favors to American television networks that spend a lot of money. So it's why when the Olympics are in Nagano or anywhere, you know, Beijing, et cetera, 
they help out NBC by putting Michael Phelps or big American sports stars in primetime windows for us, basically. Yeah. Even though it doesn't make sense for them. But they clearly didn't do any favors to Fox this time around. Well, not for this game, I believe. They're... Yeah, the first two games were both at 9 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Which is the earliest they could have played them. Yes. That's like 1 o'clock p.m., you know, Australia so, slash New Zealand 9 time. Eastern, and so 6 o'clock on the Pacific. Yes. Right, yeah. so that so that works. And we'll see what, like, the next matches are, but this is the only one that's been truly overnight. And I think their assumption was probably, all right, the USA gets Vietnam, and then who did we? Netherlands. Netherlands. They probably thought we would already have qualified right. for the knockout stages at this point. So, yeah, let's throw them at, you know, 7.30 p.m. Australian time. It's a good time. But for us, 3 in the morning, 3.30 in the morning. Yep. Yep, exactly. Should we get stunned? Let's get stunned. Let's get stunned. It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. <laughs> I think we all in this group here uh, have been very nice to Trader Joe's at different times on the air yeah, uh, yes. as unofficial spokespeople. It's been a bad two weeks, though, for oh, Joe and his company. Oh boy. Uh, they are on three recalls oh. in the last two weeks. Oh, boy. One, the best one of the group was last week when the unexpected broccoli cheddar soup got recalled because it may contain insects. Speaking of unexpected. (laughs) That announcement was Thursday. Uh. Then on Friday, Trader Joe told us that his fully cooked falafel, which was sold in the 35 states plus Washington, D.C., was being recalled because it could contain rocks. And that's the second of these three recalls. The first were cookies. That could have contained rocks, oh. hence the recall. Now, how does rocks get in the baking sheet? You know, that's a really good question. <laughs> it's one I have not seen an answer to just yet. Other things make sense. I guess a bug could crawl into a big mixer, a glass container breaks, something gets spoiled on the way. <laughs> rocks in my cookies. I don't see the connection there. Oh, this chocolate chip's really firm. So is it... Did the rocks come in with the flour, maybe? Did the rocks come in, unless it's pre-made dough, do the rocks come in with the chocolate chips? I'm, I'm going to say this. A very outrageous take. Okay. Yes. But Let's hear it. I feel like there's a disgruntled employee ah. in Trader Joe's that may have just left or was about to leave. And this all is weird stuff that's in food. You know, you wouldn't yeah. really expect this stuff. And that person had their way with the... Uh, Right. Production yeah. days. Now, right. some of the things, though, are actually not made by Trader Joe's. They don't, like, so they buy uh, things yeah. from they companies. So, so it might be somebody else's disgruntled employee, but also it takes a lot of contaminated anything to actually trigger a recall. Yeah. So you have to almost like back up a truck of rocks <laughs> into the vat to create. Cookie that right. rock you could, like, walk by, like, be pissed <laughs> off and, like, empty a Ziploc bag of rocks you just picked up on the way in. It's like a pretty significant effort. So I still, and I'm I'm scrolling through now, going back through all the links to the original story. Nobody explains how the rocks got in there yet. So Wayne at the warehouse is disgruntled. Yep. Hates his job. Boss is all over his back. And Wayne's like, you know what? The unexpected broccoli cheddar soup. I'm just dumping a bag of crickets. <laughs> oh, a exactly. bunch of hornets are going right into that. And you know what? We're making almond cookies today. <laughs> Take this giant bag of gravel from Lowe's. I'm <laughs> just dumping it. <laughs> Here's some concrete. Yeah. Who's Andy Dufresne from... Uh, <laughs> he's just walking through the hole in his pocket, dropping rocks down his pant leg into the vat. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. One more rock. Every day, one more pebble. Every day. I'm making chess pieces and I'm contaminating cookies. Now, Wait. do you do you the immediate response and the correct answer is to sue if you have these things in your food, right? Yeah, chomping on a cookie and you get a rock instead, not good. Imagine it, eating a horsefly in your broccoli cheddar soup. No, I mean, fine. I kind of, I think you kind of get what you already des- have. You get what you deserve if you're eating broccoli cheddar soup. I mean, let's be honest, but that doesn't mean you should be getting horseflies. In it. It's a real shame, too, because Trader Joe's has some delicious food. Yeah. 
I used to live on Trader Joe's when I was single. Just go to Trader Joe's, go to the frozen section, clean out the frozen section, just be like, that's dinner for the next month. You just thaw one of these every single day or, un, you know, cook this every... It's easy. And it costs like nine bucks. It's great. You know what? I'm going to give them 11 for better security at the factory. <laughs> Upcharge me so I keep rocks out of my right. cookies. Instead of donating to the American Child Cancer Foundation, I'd like to make sure my money goes to preventing yeah. rocks from my cookies. Yeah. By the way, Schwartz has just run to Trader Joe's and said, I will take all of the discounted cheddar broccoli soup. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the next month for the Schwartz family. The human recall, Peter Schwartz. <laughs> you giving this away? <laughs> I'll Whatever. take it. It's the human recall. <laughs> oh, it has to be goofier than that. Here he is, the human recall. <laughs> Bounce into the room. That's Tucson's replacement for Big Baby in the Landfill. <laughs> hey, kids, it's your favorite, the human recall. <laughs> He'll eat everything that you won't. <laughs> Did your favorite bobblehead's head fall off and the neck was nothing but a piercing spike? He'll take them all. <laughs> Human recall. <laughs> the human recall. <laughs> Is that glass in your Doritos? I'll eat it all for you, kids. It's the human recall. Ho, ho, ho. Sports Giants. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Just backs it up into his mouth. Gravel in your cookies? I'll eat them all, kids. <laughs> Do you like Dairy Queen? It's the human recall. <laughs> <laughs> Is your falafel too crunchy? Those are rocks. And he's the human recall. I'll see your Schwartz and raise your Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> Has a disgruntled employee ruined all of your favorite snacks? The human recall will eat them all. Did that foul ball strike a young pedestrian right next to you, knock them out cold, but now it's your baseball? He'll take it. The human recall. <laughs> the Kia. <laughs> <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Analytics is just a term that's kind of thrown around a lot. It's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. All right, so we were delving into Matilda, BFG, James the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the author of those iconic children's books. How do you pronounce his first name? Is it Roald, Roald, or Ruol? How do you pronounce it? 50% of you said you pronounce it Roald, which is what I said, and I got mocked around here. Bing, bing. 37% said Roald. 12.5% said Ruol, which apparently is the correct pronunciation for Ruol Dahl. Now, data tells us that Dahl was a fighter pilot in World War II. Is that so? He also wrote for around four hours a day and invented over 250 new words. And in 71, a real man named Willy Wonka wrote to Dahl. 
He was a postman from Nebraska. Is that so? Look at that. Nebraska getting a lot of love today. Wow. We had Greg Sharp on talking about the Huskers. And a guy's real name for Nebraska was there was a real Willy Wonka. Wow. See, so I was right. Well, no. You just thought that he didn't write it. Soggy Fruit Loops tweets, and speaking of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, what a bad job by Grandpa Joe. Dude's just sitting in bed for three months as other people. He's not pitching in at all, smoking his tobacco. The moment Charlie gets that ticket, he pops out of bed like a spring chicken. Hashtag get a job, you bum. He's totally right. Not wrong. Grandpa Joe is a total deadbeat there. Let's get to your epic fail as... Schwartz has become the human recall. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. It's been a bad two weeks, though, for oh, Joe and his company. Oh, boy. Uh, they are on three recalls oh. in the last two weeks. Oh boy. By the way, Schwartz has just run to Trader Joe's and said, I will take all of the discounted cheddar broccoli soup. <laughs> <laughs> That's typical for the next month for the Schwartz family. The human recall, Peter Schwartz. <laughs> you giving this away? <laughs> oh, take it. That was a taste. I bet you can't wait for the entree. It's the human recall. <laughs> oh, it has to be goofier than that. Here he is, the human recall. Can you hear me now? Do you like Dairy Queen? Hey, kids, it's your favorite, the human recall. <laughs> He'll eat everything that you want. <laughs> it doesn't matter who we are. What matters is our plan. Pizza Schwartz. Did your favorite bobblehead's head fall off and the neck was nothing but a piercing spike? He'll take them all. <laughs> human recall. The human recall. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Peter Schwartz, do you like gummy bears? Is that glass in your Doritos? <laughs> I'll eat it all for you, kids. It's the human recall. And you'll never see me coming. It's the Kia. Gravel in your cookies? I'll eat them all, kids. <laughs> <laughs> it's the human recall. <laughs> <laughs> Just, is your falafel too crunchy? <laughs> Those are rocks. <laughs> and he's the human recall. <laughs> I got a lot of meat on my bones. Tiffany. Has a disgruntled employee ruined all of your favorite snacks? The human recall will eat them all. Victor Webinyama, MDMA, which is also known as ecstasy or Molly. I like stuffing. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. That's so good, the human recall. So what happened to Grandpa Joe there in Chocolate, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? He's kind of lame. He kind of is, is no, his back's thrown out. His legs are all shot. He's, he can't, he can't work for the, the family is in total poverty. Squalor. He, he pulled a James Harden. <laughs> he really Everything did. Everything was sinking around him. So he goes, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel. I quit. And then all of a sudden, oh, golden ticket, life-changing event. I'm fine now. We need a deep dive on Grandpa Joe. It's He didn't. <laughs> He's a scumbag. I mean, really? This guy, James Harden, <laughs> screws over his family. Forced him to drink that drink. They went to the top of the ceiling. They almost lost everything. He's a bum. <laughs> Thanks to Pat Boyle, executive producer. Beat the body Bellotti on the wheels of steel and audio director. Andrew Bogush on headlines. Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm DA, the Mothership Disconnects. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.